Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Now, you know when you have been speaking a language for some time and you probably get... You start to get comfortable speaking and having conversations. You kind of start to wonder at one point, well, you know, I keep saying this one thing and I've got used to saying that one thing. And I am pretty sure that native speakers don't say it exactly like that. If you ever had that experience, it happens to me all the time. And it's a very well-known phenomenon called fossilization. If you think about a, a, a fossil, something that used to live, but then died and got sort of stuck in time for hundreds of thousands of years. (laughs) Well, the same thing happens with our languages because, well, you know, we can't always be aware of all the mistakes that we're making. And so mistakes can become set in stone. This is the topic of today's question. Before we get to that, though, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. And they are, of course, italki. I'm using italki at the moment to uh, study Chinese characters. I've come back to Chinese characters after... Pretty much, uh, well, about nine to ten months off, which I, I really shouldn't have done, but hey, that's just <laughs> the way it goes. Uh, I'm taking two or three lessons a week now with my teacher where we are, uh, well, I'm learning characters by myself. And then I come to the lesson and my teacher helps me review them, make sure I know how they're used. And is one of the great things about italki that you can study in such a flexible way. And I do it at a time that suits me. So if that kind of thing sounds like it might be useful for you. You can get a free lesson and you can do that by going to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Okay, here is today's question. Hi, all you. What's up? This is Matthias. I'm a German teacher. And first of all, I want to say thanks so much for producing this podcast. Your, episode have, your episodes have been a massive help for all of my lessons. I've listened to every single one of them and really keep up the great work. So today, I have a question for you about the topic fossilization. That's a scientific term for topic, which basically means, you know, when students, especially in the, in the early stages of their language learning careers, more relearning, they have been more learning by themselves, really, and without really professional help, and thus they have kind of acquired a really bad accent. And in the, the following years, they've been kind of using that that accent haven't really changed anything and then they they come to me or they come to a language teacher and the the the, the really the first thing you notice is that the 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 accent is really bad and you actually would need to start over with, with uh, pronunciation classes in which you talk about really the individual sounds and and like tongue movements and stuff but the thing is those students have been learning for such a long time and I've tried it a couple of times and it didn't really work out a lot because it's again it's fossilized all of the, the their the patterns and bad habits are fossilized in their in their brains in their memories so I don't know how would you have you personally experienced that that problem in one of your languages and how would you tackle that if one of your students 
came to you with, with that problem. So it would be awesome if you could talk a little bit about the topic fossilization and yeah, looking forward to that episode and thank you so much. Hi, Matthias. Thank you very much for your question. And um, I appreciate you being such a conscientious teacher as well. It's great to know that there are teachers out there who are taking such an active interest in, in helping their students improve and finding new ways and possible solutions as a teacher to do that. It's really important. You know, all of us, whether whether we've been teaching for six months or six years or we've been learning languages for six months or six years, the the thing that defines us as professionals, in my view, is to is the fact that we are always learning and we're always trying to improve. So good job. Um, I also appreciate your comments about the podcast. It's, it's wonderful to hear that uh, you've been back and listened to every single podcast. Uh, the first few podcasts are pretty bad, I think. Um, <laughs> but hey, we have to start somewhere, right? And for everyone listening, you know, if you haven't gone back and listened to the old podcast, go back and listen to like number one, the first five or 10 episodes. You'll hear that I'm kind of sounding nervous and I don't really know what to say. And it's just like language learning. Same thing happens. You start off not knowing what you're doing. Eventually you get better with practice. But the most important thing is that you get started and you try. So fossilization, we introduced it a little bit in the intro to today's episode and a couple of I want to pick up on a couple of things you said, Matthias. First of all, you asked me if I have ever experienced this in my languages, and the answer is yes, I have many, many times. And the the way that I've gone about solving it is generally through making myself as aware as possible of the different errors that I'm uh, I'm creating uh, that I'm committing. Now. The key word here is awareness. And this comes back to your a point that you made at the beginning of your question, which is that many students come to you who have never had professional help with uh, with languages, with, with German in, in your case. Right? So they've studied by themselves and they've made all these errors and now they're coming to you because they want to improve them. Now, here's the thing. You don't necessarily need professional help in order to develop a bad uh, in order to develop a good accent. I mean, you're, let, let's talk specifically about accent here, Matthias, because that's what you were referring to. Uh, mistakes can fossilize in, in all areas of language, from grammar to vocabulary as well. But um, in, you know, it's perfectly possible to become completely fluent in a language without ever taking lessons or having professional help. I think the difference is, and this is a kind of a symptom of this, is the fact that you just, you in general, have language learners who are aware and language learners who are not aware. One of my strengths as a language learner, such as such as it is, is that I I'm pretty I I consider myself quite aware of language issues. So I'm aware of how I sound when I pronounce words. I'm aware of the grammar that I'm using, and I actively go out of my way to pay attention to these different areas of language learning in order to improve them. Now, many people are not like this. I would think that most people that listen to this podcast are like that because, you know, you're listening to the podcast, which means you've taken the step to actually decide that you want to improve your language learning in the first place. And most of what we talk about here is about, uh, you know, ways to improve as an independent learner. But, you know, it's very, very common that I will meet people who have been 
learning languages you know one language for five ten twenty years and they still have a pretty bad accent or they still commit some pretty basic errors in their grammar and the reason that I think that the, the, the fact that they still make these mistakes and the fact that they've never gone for uh, professional lessons before it, it's all a symptom of the fact that uh, of a lack of awareness because if you if you if you want to become aware, if you have this desire to become aware, you can figure out how to do it. And sometimes you can do it by yourself. Other times you go to a teacher and you can say, "Look, can you can you help me?" Uh, you know, you know, you can ask what areas you need to improve in, and then based on what the teacher tells you, you can become aware. So it's awareness, 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 awareness. I think for a teacher, this is very difficult. When I was teaching in Japan. I would often have you know, so-called advanced students who were in an advanced class, uh, but their English was nothing like advanced. The only reason they were there was because the school had to keep moving them up a level each <laughs> each year in order to keep them on as students. So you got, you know, pretty intermediate level student in an advanced class, and uh, you, you know, I would often resign myself to the fact of look, these guys have been learning now for twenty years. Are they really going to start to unlearn these mistakes? Um, and I, it's, I don't, I don't like saying that in a way because like you have to, you have to, as teachers, we want to believe that everything is fixable, right, and everything is improvable. But you see, often fossilization doesn't actually affect meaning that much. So, take like English learners, for example. One of the one of the very commonly fossilized. Uh, grammar errors you'll hear is you'll get English students saying it's mean rather than it means you know English would say it means uh, it means this it means that but learners will often say it's mean this it's mean that because uh, it's that problem with that redundant third person s right means we don't it doesn't tell you anything useful you also have uh, in terms of word order or question formation people will ask you you know why you have a why you go to work or why you have uh, two books or whatever, instead of why why do you have? Because that do, again, it's redundant. So it's why you have. The, the thing about these two errors is that it doesn't affect meaning. I still understand everything they say. In terms of pronunciation, there are loads of Italians in London who put very strong emphasis on the final syllable of a word. So instead of saying house, they'll say house. Instead of saying have, they'll say have and it, you know, it marks them out as it's very, very distinctively Italian, but it doesn't affect communication. I can still understand what they mean. And so often fossilization doesn't really affect communication. And so you have to think as a teacher, what is the marginal utility of trying really hard to correct these fossilized mistakes? In other, in other words, what is it, what's it going to take for me to correct this particular problem? And is it worth it? And this is a compromise because, like I say, we don't want to think this necessarily. But when someone's been doing the same thing for five, ten years, like reprogramming them is extremely difficult. Now, assuming that you want to do that, and in your case, Matthias, you know, you want to fix these German learners' pronunciation, it has to come back to awareness. So often, I think if a student comes to you and you see this often in students that go to language schools in general, 
there's a, always a, a risk that what they are doing is they're trying to delegate the solution, right? So they know that their pronunciation is not great. And so they're trying to delegate it. They say, okay, if I find a teacher and pay the teacher, they will sort this out for me. Um, but the thing to instill in them is that, look, you are the, I, I, I'm the teacher. I can guide you, but you are the one that's learned this wrong in the first place. Only you can unlearn it. And you have to push, send the problem right back to them and say, like, okay, you are the one that has to sort this out. I can show you the ex some exercises to, to help you become aware of this. I can do my best to raise your awareness, but you are, you have to take ownership of this problem. So in terms of how to do that, you know, I think as a teacher, you've got the choice of going the hard way or the soft way. And it depends really how the student will react to either path that you take. So what I often found when I was teaching is the reality of many learning situations is that people are just learning for fun. So if you go too hard on them and you really drill them down to the ground with their pronunciation, they're going to stop enjoying it and they're going to quit. And nobody wants that. So it may be that you have to take the easier path. And the easier path is doing things like basically just pointing it out. Let, let's say that they have a particular problem, they should, a problem with a with a with the uh, with a particular sound in German. Maybe they can't pronounce it. Ich. I don't know what they'd say instead. But what maybe what you can do in your conversations is every time they say "ich" wrong or unnaturally, maybe you have a signal. Maybe you hold up a card, or maybe you hold up your hand, or maybe you. To stop them and point it out. You just gently raise their awareness of the fact that they, that they are making an error, or you're you're gently raising their awareness of the fact that um, that this thing has happened again. And you just have to kind of hope that after a certain number of times doing this, after pointing it out to them enough times, that they will pick it up by themselves. Now, this sometimes happens and sometimes it doesn't. Um, so I think the solution in many cases is to not try to do it on the spot in lessons, but actually set them activities to to help with awareness raising at home. I heard uh, Sam Harris say recently that people like to change their minds in private. And this is mostly, a, you know, a, pertains to like political views and, th and things like that. But the point is nobody likes to be, even in a lesson with a teacher, nobody likes to be shown up. Nobody likes to be, to, to have someone demonstrate that they're making tons of mistakes. And so I might think, in your case, Matthias, I might start to think about, well, what kind of awareness raising activities can you set students to do at home so that, so that in the privacy of their own home, when there's no teacher watching them and judging them and there's no pressure on how can you set them activities that allow them to to become aware of the errors that they're making in their pronunciation? And that's probably going to have something to do with recording themselves speaking, listening back to it, comparing with other uh, with other recordings, whatever you can do to get them to really engage with the particular problem that you're trying to fix. And then in the lessons, following up with that. So, you know, if you decide to work on one particular sound, then set them activities to do at home. The heavy lifting, if you like, the main work needs to be done at home in their own time. Learning doesn't happen in lessons.
It only happens at home. In the lesson, that's when you need to kind of guide them back and check on their progress and see how they've been getting on. But fossilization is such a difficult thing to address that your only hope of doing it is to put the onus on them to fix it. And the, the, I think the extent, to the extent that you can do that, you will find some, some success with that. All right. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, hopefully that's given you a, um, a way of, uh, a way of thinking about the problem, at least. And best of luck to you. Let me know how you get on. If you'd like to leave me a question, like Matthias did, you can go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash ask in order to do that. We have a queue of questions, but I will answer every question that comes in, providing it's not a, a repeat of a question that's come up recently. Uh, because, uh, you know, especially questions like, can you learn two languages at the same time? You know, we've answered that so many times now, I probably won't answer a similar question unless you give me a very specific situation. So if you want to guarantee that I answer your question, be as specific as possible. Let me know about your own personal situation. That would be the best thing to do. All right. Now, at the end of every episode, I'd like to leave you with something to chew on. And so I'd like to leave you with this quote that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, because I think it's very important and it has ramifications that are far wider than language learning, but um, has a lot to do with the the world that we live in these days where everybody's disagreeing with each other, with each other, polarized opinions, echo chambers and all that, which is this quote from Sam Harris, which is people like to change their minds in private. So remember that next time you're having a discussion with somebody who maybe doesn't agree with you. It's not that they could never agree with you. It's just that they are more likely to do it on their own terms, in their own time. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. We've got some very exciting things coming up in the next few weeks, guys, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory, because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course. 